0: We're in the middle of a Jesus Ethics series. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to grab those and you can read along with me. We're going to be in two passages, starting in Matthew chapter 6, and then we'll read a passage from Matthew chapter 18. And as you are turning there, or finding it in your personal digital device, uh, let me pray for our message and our teaching time. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. This then is how you should pray Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, But deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Skip over to Matthew chapter 18. Starting in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord... How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay... We've been going through a Jesus Ethics series, which are a variety of ways in which we are to act and behave in this world. And I hope that through this time, you haven't just felt that this teaching has been about high religious concepts or ideas. But these ethics that Jesus teaches us are Very, very real, pragmatic. They make a real difference in our lives. If we were to only heed them, obey them, they could have significant transformative effects for the relationships that we hold, the identities that we see in ourselves, uh, for how we behave from business and work and all that other stuff. And we've just read a passage that is known as the unmerciful servant. This passage, as well as the one that we just read in Matthew chapter 6, is all about forgiveness. Now, I know that as soon as we talk about forgiveness, there's a whole bunch of things that come to mind. Forgiving and forgetting. Um, there's the idea, if we think about forgiveness, it's been taught so much. Sometimes we get the idea or the concept that forgiveness is the absence of justice or the absence of consequence or punishment. You just forget about the wrong that was done. You forget about those things. Um, sometimes we think of forgiveness as in two people needing to reconcile. You have a grievance or somebody has done you wrong, and forgiveness means that you two are actually now getting along together. Some people have the idea or think of forgiveness as a way of approving or saying everything is okay, that the injustice or the wrong that you've done is fine. Sometimes people say, You are to forgive and forget because you're actually ignoring the pain and the suffering that has been caused to you by somebody else. And some others might suggest that the reason why you forgive is because you actually want to express trust to another person. Oh, that was just a mistake that they did, and you should forgive them. Therefore, you should allow them to go ahead and participate in whatever relationship or activity or responsibility that they once had before. And I just want to share at the outset that forgiveness is absolutely none of these things. And what Jesus teaches here goes far deeper and has far more profound implications if we were to understand what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is really hard. Let's just be honest. Forgiveness is something none of us in this room, I think at the core gut of our humanity, even really wants to entertain, when somebody does us wrong or somebody expresses an injustice or somebody treats us in a way that dehumanizes us, humiliates us, puts us in a compromising position, strips us of any dignity, if anybody does that to us, the most immediate human response is to fight back, to get revenge, retributive justice. They are going to get theirs, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, etc., etc. And so that kind of idea that immediate impulse within all of us is actually exemplified is actually stated in that passage how many times am i supposed to forgive seven times because that statement there is to give us the idea that you think of forgiveness you think of forgiveness as a category or a labeling or a tallying up of offenses And if you were to search the phrase 70 times 7, the first thing that comes up is a mathematical equation. And it's very easy for us to think, okay, Jesus saying 70 times 7, uh, so 490 times, which means or can have the implication that, okay, if you mess me up 490 times, I will be a good Christian and I will forgive you. But on 491, you're done, buster, It's over. Game on. But I would like to suggest to you that this is not forgiveness either. Forgiveness, or the idea of forgiveness, goes far deeper into something that could be fundamentally transformative for our world. I was tempted to share concepts, ideas, principles, which I'll get to a little bit later, but I thought it would be more powerful actually to share with you a few stories. Two stories in particular. It's really hard to narrow them down. The first story comes from Pennsylvania in 2006. I don't know if you remember this story where a crazed man with a gun walked into a schoolhouse, an Amish schoolhouse, shot 10 children, and then killed himself. The story that emerged out of that, obviously one of disbelief, heartbreak, trauma, tragedy. The other amazing story that emerged out of this was a story of forgiveness. Take a look at this story and then we'll continue.
1: As the nation marks the anniversary this week of the Newtown, Connecticut school shooting, families of some of the 26 who were killed attended a vigil today at the National Cathedral in Washington. Prayers were offered for all of the victims of gun violence in this country. And that would include the five young Amish girls who were killed and five who were wounded just a few years ago in south-central Pennsylvania. Jeff Glore tells us that out of the horror of that school shooting has come a lesson in forgiveness. It's been seven years since Terry Roberts' life changed forever. In October 2006 her 32-year-old son, Charlie, walked into an Amish school in Lancaster County and shot 10 young girls before killing himself.
2: I heard the sirens and saw helicopters. Then the phone was ringing, and it was my husband. And he said, I need you to come to Charlie's house right away. And I got out of the car, and I looked at my husband, and these sunken eyes just saying, it was Charlie. That could not be yet it truly was. It was true. It was our son.
1: Robert's initial reaction was that she had to move away. But the Amish came to her house the night of the shooting to say they wanted her to stay. Some of the victim's families attended her son's funeral.
2: There are not words to describe how that made us feel that day. And then for the mother and father... That had lost not just one but two daughters at the hand of our son to come up and be the first ones to greet us wow is there anything in this life we shouldn't forgive
1: terry roberts now shares this message with those who've experienced trauma and every thursday she cares for the most seriously wounded survivor of the shooting now 13. It's against Amish beliefs to appear on camera, so Donald Craighill often speaks on their behalf. You have this mother who raised a son that did this horrific damage to this young woman. And the mother has the courage and the spiritual fortitude to come back and to care for this uh, young woman. And the parents of the young woman welcome her into their home. It's a powerful, powerful story those families in Newtown who may still have understandably conflicted feelings now still less than a year later, what do you you say to them?
2: Ask God to provide new things in your lives, new things to focus on, and that doesn't take the place of what is lost. But it can give us a hope and a future.
1: A future made possible for Terry Roberts because of forgiveness. Jeff Glor, CBS News, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania.
0: A new hope, a new future, all because of forgiveness. The second story was sent to me by a friend of mine recently. I don't know if you remember this picture or not. Um, It's one of the most famous pictures that has come out of the war in Vietnam. And um, Kim Phuc, who is the girl that is pictured there, has now shared her story. It's been authored in a book And she now travels around to share a little bit about her journey and her story. And so listen to her tell a little bit of her journey as the girl in this picture.
3: On June 8, 1972, I ran out from Cao Dai Temple in my village, Trang Bang, South Vietnam. I saw an airplane getting lower and then four bombs falling down. I saw fire everywhere around me. Then, I saw the fire over my body, especially on my left arm. My clothes had been burned off by fire. I was nine years old, but I still remember my thoughts at that moment. I would be ugly, and people would treat me in a different way. My picture was taken in that moment on road number one from Saigon to Phnom Penh. After a soldier gave me some drink and poured water over my body, I lost my consciousness. Several days after, I realized that I was in a hospital where I spent 14 months and had 17 operations. It was a very difficult time for me when I went home from the hospital Our house was destroyed. We lost everything, and we just survived day by day. Although I suffer from pain, itching, and headaches all the time, the long hospital stay made me dream to become a doctor. But my studies were cut short by the local government. They wanted me as a symbol of the state. I could not go to school anymore. The anger inside me was like a hatred as high as a mountain. I hated my life. I hated all people who were normal because I was not normal. I really wanted to die many times. I spent my daytime in the library to read a lot of religious books to find a purpose for my life. One of the books that I read was the Holy Bible. In Christmas 1982, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. It was an amazing turning point in my life. God helped me to learn to forgive. The most difficult of all lessons. It didn't happened in a day, and it wasn't easy, but I finally got it. Forgiveness made me free from hatred. I still have many scars on my body and severe pain most days, but my heart is cleansed. Napalm is very powerful, but faith, forgiveness, and love are much more powerful. We would not have war at all if everyone could learn how to live with true love, hope, and forgiveness. If that little girl in the picture can do it, ask
0: yourself, can you? Man. Anger and hatred as high as a mountain. Hating everybody... Anybody that was normal. I mean, to think of the, I, I can't. It, it's, it's one of those moments where you like, can't even imagine being in those situations and circumstances. And yet to find some sort of strength, some sort of dignity, some sort of identity, a whole new, as she mentioned, a whole new purpose in life. Accepting Christ, learning forgiveness. And I, I love her honesty. It didn't happen in a day. <laughs> it took a long time. Hard work, emotional work. And, you know, it's just so beautiful. Napalm is really strong, but love and faith and hope and forgiveness is even stronger. So this is, this is something I think we all know. This is something that I think we all conceptually get. But I felt like it was only, we can only really get it when we hear it through the lens of actual people living out these stories well. The first thing that we understand about forgiveness, forgiveness empowers the forgiver. It resets the imbalance, and it restores dignity and humanity. For all the injustices and the pains and the hurts and the dishonoring and the disrespect that happens in our world, and for as much as we want to fight back and to say, how dare you, forgiveness is that one avenue, that one direction, that one empowering ethic that can transform us as the forgiver. And for somebody who does the injustice and causes this world to be completely out of balance, to cause this world to be completely not the way that God intended it, forgiveness helps to reset that and it restores the dignity and the humanity. A couple quotes that I think sum it up beautifully. Of course, Desmond Tutu, it was so hard limiting the number of stories. Uh, Many of you know the truth and reconciliation Commission out of South Africa, post-apartheid, um, led by Desmond Tutu. Forgiving is not forgetting. I love this quote. It's actually remembering. Remembering and not using your right to hit back. It's a second chance for a new beginning. And the remembering part is particularly important, especially if you don't want to repeat what happened. A wonderful twist. Mark Twain said, forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Lou Smedes, who's a Christian philosopher and theologian, said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. You hear the empowering, the transforming work that it does here? Of course, Gandhi, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Forgiveness is actually empowering It's strengthening. It's transforming. And then I love, of course, what the Apostle Paul says. Do you you like that? I thought that was funny. (laughs) Do (laughs) Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And love, if we remember from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this famous love passage that we read all the time, love keeps no records of wrongs oh, are you serious? I'm going to have to throw that ledger away? That, that whole binder list that I have, that file that I have on, you know, this person and then this person, I got to pull out that file? Yeah, I got to take all of that. So the first thing we understand and the first thing that we know and the first thing that most of us, I think, kind of conceptually get is that true forgiveness is an empowering of somebody who has been hurt. Something has been stripped from you. Some indignation has been given to you. Somebody has done you wrong. Somebody has really hurt you. Forgiveness is you taking back control and power to be able to say, you will not have control over my life. It is the attitude and the ethic of the strong and to transform the imbalance of this world, and to restore what is rightfully there. But I think Jesus goes one step further. If you notice, he mentions seven, and then he responds by 70 times seven, or 77 times. And again, it's not this calculation. It's a biblical, symbolic way of saying, holy and completely, fully. Seven is not a number. It's a symbol of totality. The fullness and the completeness of what could possibly be. And in the Bible, there are sevens all over the place. There are seven days of creation. God declares that it is good seven times. The number of times for vengeance against Cain and Lamech's killer is going to be 70 times seven. Uh, the number of clean animals that are taken into the ark is seven. Seven. The Sabbath day is on the seventh day. The Feast of Weeks, the time when you celebrate the giving of Torah, is seven weeks long. Um, that's the Feast of Weeks there. The sprinkling of the blood by the priests in Leviticus is done seven times. The species of fruit in the Promised Land in Deuteronomy chapter 8 is seven fruits. So, And this is just a sampling list. Seven is a number that symbolizes completeness, wholeness, totality, the fullness of it all. So when Jesus says, not just seven times, in fact, not seven times, 70 times seven or 77 times, he's talking about don't just forgive according to the way you want to forgive in the numerical value, in the adding up, in the ways that you're like, okay, I'm okay with this kind of forgiveness, this kind of forgiveness between you and me. He's talking about a holy and completely different kind of forgiveness. One that expands your vision and your imagination for who you are in this world. Let's go back to this parable. Notice in this parable, there's a, in the parable as well as in Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's some sort of equation there for God's forgiveness to us and our forgiveness of other people. And later on in this, this passage, there's a, well, in Christian circles, there's sometimes known as the unforgivable sin, and some of us know that as the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But in Matthew chapter 6, there's actually another one. There's another sin by which you cannot be forgiven, and that is the sin of not forgiving your fellow man. Because he says there in chapter six, if you do not forgive others, then your heavenly father cannot forgive you. A second time where the equation of forgiveness of other people is actually connected to God's forgiveness of you. Jesus is doing something radically explosive and big in this passage. And then in this parable of the unmerciful servant, he talks about how God, as the king, has forgiven you much, and then you go out into this world and find some petty little thing and aren't even able to forgive them, then your heavenly father is going to treat you in the same way that you treat them. Throughout these passages, there's this connection that Jesus is making between the forgiveness of others and the forgiveness of God. It explodes into something much bigger than you making right or forgiving your fellow man. In the Sermon on the Mount, there are these passages in addition, early throughout that passage, where if you do this, then great is your reward in heaven. And then if you do this, then great is your reward in heaven. And if you do this, then great is your reward in heaven. Your heavenly Father sees you. And then, of course, as we forgive our debtors. My question for us is simply this. What is the thing, therefore, that is incomplete? If we are to forgive 70 times 7, and that is a symbolic number to mean completeness, what is the thing that is incomplete in our standard operating procedure of forgiveness? What I'm going to suggest to you is that what's missing in that equation is we think forgiveness is simply about you and me, your brother, your sister, um, a coworker or a friend or a family member, and forgiveness exists here. but these passages, as well as others, Luke chapter seven is another example where a woman comes in and you know throws down this alabaster jar and begins to wet jesus 's feet with her tears and and, and the people that he 's surrounded with are just indignant, What is this woman doing and Jesus says. Something to the effect, you know what? Uh, You're probably not very grateful because you haven't been forgiven much. But the person who has been forgiven much, that person is grateful much. Mm. You're telling me that the forgiveness that I extend to somebody else, the forgiveness that I extend to a family member, a co-worker, a brother or a sister, is actually a reflection of how I see how God has forgiven me. Those connections there. In other words, what I would suggest, if we are having difficulty or challenge in forgiving somebody else, then I would suggest, by Jesus' ethics, and we can debate this, of course, that that is simply a reflection of our complete lack of awareness or our misunderstanding of how much we ourselves have been forgiven. We think it's just about here. We think this is just about you've done me wrong and I'm going to forgive you in a particular way that will somehow make this right or I'm doing my duty somehow. I'm a better person than you or I'm doing this so that I can get that spiritual discipline done and over with so we can move up. No, 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 no. It's far greater than that. How you forgive another person is a reflection for how you see God forgiving you. And those two connections, those two directions are intimately tied. I think what Jesus' program is, if I'm reading him correctly, put together with all of these other teachings that we've been talking about, is that the goal of Jesus' ethic is not just that you behave. The goal of these ethics is that the connection and the beautiful covenantal relationship that you have with your heavenly father is restored. And so when he talks about forgiveness of other people and he connects that with forgiveness of God, he's saying, I want you to learn how to forgive other people because as you do, as we've seen in these stories, you will grow in your re-understanding of how much I have forgiven you, of how much I am in love with you, of how much I have extended grace and mercy and compassion and second chances to you. Express that forgiveness to one another. And in doing so, you will restore your understanding of God's forgiveness to you. What is fundamentally broken, what I am suggesting, is not that we are behaving badly. And if you see somebody not forgiving somebody else, Don't condemn them because you're just going to have to be forgiven for condemning them. You know, shame on you for not forgiving. What is fundamentally broken is not that we're behaving badly. What is fundamentally broken is that we've lost our sense of awe and our sense of wonder and our identity as people that are deeply loved and forgiven by our Heavenly Father. 1 John 3.1, how great How magnificent, how awe-inspiring is this love of God that he has lavished upon us? Have we forgotten? Have we completely forgotten how much he loves? When we refuse to forgive another, that is evidence that we have forgotten. So, number one, forgiveness empowers the forgiver it resets the imbalance, it restores dignity and our humanity. It does something to us, and it's good. We should practice that because when somebody does us wrong, to forgive is to be re-empowered, to transform our hearts and to transform reality. But the second reason why we forgive is because forgiveness, according to Jesus's ethic and according to his teachings, is when we forgive our fellow human being, our brother, our sister, our spouse, our coworker anybody else who has done us wrong, we are reminded and we are restored once again into this covenantal, phenomenally awe-inspiring relationship with our Heavenly Father. And if we can get that, if we can get on that journey, that would transform everything. Now, a reminder, forgiveness is not these things. That'll have to take place at another time where we learn what it means to reconcile after you forgive or what does it mean just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you now allow them back into your life. This isn't all about that. But this is about the possible ways in which we see injustice done to us. One, we either forget about it or two, we never forget about it. We just hold a grudge. I think the Jesus ethic for us is to restore our humanity and to restore our relationship with the Heavenly Father. And that would be a beautiful gift. Because to be honest, sometimes I don't feel forgiven by God. I don't feel that. And I walk around with that shame and that guilt and that burden. And I hear it all the time. I'm just not good enough. I don't know if God could love me. I hear that all the time. So the practice of forgiveness is not just about you behaving correctly. It's also about your journey of being restored back to the Heavenly Father in a relationship where He loves you deeply, desperately, passionately in a way that is so awe-inspiring. It's just almost incomprehensible. Now, let's make the rubber eat the road here. Let's start with the simple things. That person that cut you off on the freeway, that took your parking spot when you clearly had your turn signal on, preach it. (laughs) That person on the phone, that call that you had to make, or maybe it was that company that bought you out, caused you to be laid off. Are you able to forgive? Let's take it a step further. People in your own family, brothers, sisters, spouses, friends, nations, and then let's really bring it home churches. I had a feeling I was going to get that reaction. You know, I hesitated to talk too much about this, but it's a reality in our situation, isn't it? It's a reality in our life. In fact, it's not just a reality for us locally, it's a reality for us globally as we take a look at the ways in which religious people have acted and behaved. And I consider it an ironic tragedy that the very institution, the very people, uh, the very organization, the very commissioned body in this world that is to be the exemplification of God's love and his grace and his mercy, to be the very embodiment of this phenomenal God that we know and we love, turns out to be some of the most hateful, hurtful, destructive, unpardonable actions that can be really, really painful. And we've talked about this before here. It's okay. We've said that church hurt is often the worst hurt. But I would like for us to be encouraged once again that, okay, if forgiveness is not only about us behaving appropriately with each other, but it's also about restoring our relationship with God. Is it possible that our unforgiveness of others in our community is hindering somehow our own personal growth and our own personal relationship and our own personal walk? And maybe if we could connect those two once again and begin to extend that forgiveness to each other in that way, Great healing and empowerment, empowered healing could come to us and to these communities. So let's just call it out. Now, just like Kim from the Vietnam story, it doesn't happen overnight. And we're not expecting anything to happen overnight. But what we are expecting is to be challenged by the truth of Jesus' ethic and to be challenged by God's unending unconditional love and forgiveness to all of us. And may we exemplify that in the world. I'm going to leave the last word to Bishop Desmond Tutu. He's got a campaign actually and he'll tell you all about it.
4: Dear friends, each of us is broken and out of that brokenness we hurt one another. Forgiveness is the journey we take toward healing ourselves and our world. You may be thinking, I could never forgive, or I could never be forgiven. From what I have witnessed, I can tell you, There is no one who is beyond hope and nothing that is unforgivable. I know forgiveness will change your life and change our world. I invite you to join me and countless others in a global forgiveness challenge.
0: So, if you're interested, I would encourage you to check out the website, which looks like this, 30-Day Journey of Forgiveness. And uh, just commend it to you for your consideration, as well as his books. You can go to theforgivenesschallenge.com. And again, what I hope that you hear from this message and from Jesus and from God himself is not that you should forgive because you are such a bad person and you need to become a better person. You need to be, you know, that finger pointing you should forgive. But I hope that you hear this message and feel once again, God's tremendous love and forgiveness to you. That is the starting point to feel and sense how God's grace has been extended to you in your soul. And it is from that particular point that you can then have the strength and the empowerment and the, and the wherewithal and the understanding to then extend that forgiveness to others. God, thank you for your words, and we are challenged. There is so much more to discuss and so much more to understand and so much more to wrestle with because there's a lot of injustice and a lot of hurt and a lot of pain in this world. And God, when we hear the word forgiveness, I know many of us in this room are going to feel completely powerless and frustrated because we don't want to do this. But we can also not deny the truth and the power of your teachings. And we cannot deny the truth and the power of who you are in this world. So God, somewhere between that space, would you meet us, challenge us, inspire us? Give us the courage and the strength to live out your beautiful covenant relationship we have with you in this world. Help us to exemplify that as best as we can so that we ourselves can be transformed and this world can be transformed. And I pray this in your name. Amen.